Welcome to Future of Flushing, your go-to shop for all of your Mets player development news and information, your recaps, your everything. I'm Vito Calisi. With me is Jonathan Barron. You know, John, I change what my name is every day, and today was one where I almost went with Calise, but I've been on a real streak with Calise lately, and I'm sticking with it. At this point, I just am always looking forward till around this time, 11 p.m., to hear what you're going to call yourself because it's it's different every night it keeps me on my toes variety is beautiful variety keeps us going it's Khaleesi it's Khaleesi I learned in Italy last year but John I'm fired up right now I'm tired but I'm fired up you know why I would love to know I'm tired too let's hear why you're fired up I'm fired up because I just got home from an amazing night at Mamadides Park aka Keyspan to Jonathan Barron Mamadides Park I saw the Cyclones play I saw Tyler Stewart shove I felt so happy to be there for this performance, especially after we got to talk to him a few weeks ago. But what a night for the Cyclones. They won 5-1 versus the Hudson Valley Renegades. I also include that to be a Yankee loss when you think about it. And Tyler Stewart struck out 11, over 7.2 innings pitched, lowered his ERA from 1.47 to 1.44, which at the time of this recording, John, is the lowest ERA in minor league baseball. I mean, what an insane night to be at Coney Island. Look, Thursday night was a great night in the Mets player development system. We saw wins by the Syracuse Mets, the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, the Brooklyn Cyclones, and the St. Lucie Mets, and all got great pitching performances, including that of Tyler Stewart. You just said it right now, the lowest ERA in minor league baseball. Tyler Stewart is on one through 100 pitches 66 of them for strikes on Thursday. Only three home runs allowed all season. I know he allowed one on Thursday, but still just three homers allowed. We spoke to Christian Scott earlier today. Not going to tell you whether he's superstitious or not. You guys are going to have to listen and find out yourself. But um, back to Tyler Stewart, just dominating lineups, a 36% whiff rate on the season, a 48% ground ball rate. And here's really one of the craziest parts to me. I was I was fishing around at some of the numbers that Tyler Stewart's posting this year, and his BABIP, or batting average on balls in play, is 300, which is well above the league average. So Tyler Stewart is not having that line drive hit right at a defender, or that single that's going for a seeing eye single instead of finding a glove. He's not getting those breaks, and he still has a 1-4-4 ERA. And tonight, just sheer domination. 11 strikeouts, only two pitchers in the Sally League have had more. And struck out Spencer Jones, the Yankees' number three prospect, the best player in that Hudson Valley Renegades lineup. Struck him out twice, held Jones to 0 for 4. So, man, like I said, I am jealous that I missed the dominance by Tyler Stewart tonight, Vito. John, he looked so comfortable on the mound tonight. I mean, I'm not going to say rough inning. He had one inning where he gave up a home run, and that was the biggest trouble Mm -hmm. he faced. And he just looked flawless throughout that game. Even in the eighth, he got taken out with two outs. I thought he was going to go the whole game at this point. I mean, he just looked like he was on cruise control. Every time he came back out to the mound, he looked so comfortable. He looked psyched up to be out there. It was just a very fun night watching Cyclones baseball. John, I know you're already jealous because I saw the Tyler Stewart performance, but you're going to be jealous about one major thing. Oh, I'm, I'm afraid to ask. What is it? I took a picture with the king. Oh my God, I am now I, I can't sleep tonight. <laughs> I walked up to the king. Dude, the king is taking pictures before and after the game. He's standing right by the gate. I mean, the king is accessible. 
He's a king of the people. You're not called the king unless you act in a kingly manner. I mean, you got to be the king to be the king. <laughs> John, it was uh, it was a really fun night. I want to give a big a big mention to all of the Mets employees who were at the game. Uh, you had all the celebrities. You had the whole social media team, basically. You had Hannah, Claire, Janie. You had Becky from Graphic Design, John Grady from Graphic Design. You had Liz Flynn, the photographer. She's the one who put in the request for tickets for us and got us this nice suite through Billy from the Cyclones. So it was just a very fun night. And they were giving out a really cool soccer jersey. Uh, the fans loved it. It was a really great night in Brooklyn. We also saw some great stuff on the offensive side of the plate. One of those being a Billy Barrels home run that I watched and what a shot it was. I completely lost track of it. I just know it went out of the park. Yeah, it's only appropriate that William Lugo, a.k.a. Billy Barrels, hits a homer with you on, on hand. And I had a thought about who William Lugo kind of reminds me of when you watch video. And for all of you listening, you want to find video, just Twitter search William Lugo. You'll see some videos. You'll see video of his home run from Thursday. And my comp, just for mechanics alone, and kind of body size too, and this is a pretty good comp, is Jesus Aguilar. Had a big season for the Brewers in 2018. Played for the Marlins. Everyone knows Jesus Aguilar is. And the big, bulky first baseman, big power hitter, raw. That's the kind of guy I see in, in William Lugo. So... Just saw the home run that he hit. Prestigious shot over the tall fences in Brooklyn at Maimonides Park. Pretty cool you got to see that. What were your other takeaways from tonight's game, Vito? Some other standouts from the game for me were, one, seeing a guy that we interviewed back at spring training, Junior Tillian, recording his first hit in high A. And also Alex Ramirez with two more walks and a stolen base. It was just a really great night for the Cyclones. They won 5-1 versus the Renegades. What more can you ask for? Absolutely. And tomorrow night... Could be another great pitching performance. Now, this is this is always great. There's nothing better than when you get the one-two punch on back-to-back -back nights. We've seen it with the Mets for many years. Nothing beats it. On Thursday, it's Tyler Stewart. On Friday, scheduled to start for the Cyclones, weather pending, of course, weather permitting, is Blade Tidwell, who's been untouchable in his last two starts. So on last night's episode, we were telling you guys how great it is to go out, see the Cyclones play, what a great experience, entertainment, good baseball as well. Good pitching on Wednesday, on Thursday night, good offense on Thursday night. Well, if you go Friday night, you get a chance to see Blade Tidwell, another one of the highly tatted arms in the Mets system. So good on you. Good on the crew for getting out there to my modities. Glad you guys had a great time. Like I mentioned, wins all over the place in the Mets player development system on Thursday. So let's go back to the top of the player development system and check in on what the Syracuse Mets did this Thursday evening. The Syracuse Mets crushed John. They won 11 to one versus the Durham Bulls. One of our favorite guys to watch, Mike Vassell made his second start and he struck out five of the 15 batters he faced. And there was some speculation going on around Twitter uh, on Thursday night as Mike Vassell left that start after throwing 72 pitches. Like you said, Vito, pretty dominant stuff, striking out a third of the hitters he faced. He was lifted. It was a pre-planned situation. Mike Vassell went into that start knowing that that was going to be around the pitch count he was going to max out at as, look, they're easing him into a new league. This is standard stuff. So that's why Mike Vassell exited the game when he did on Thursday. No injury, no news to report. Everything is great with Mike Vassell. He'll, he's scheduled to make his next scheduled start, his next turn in the rotation. 
and that's it. And guess what? Mike Vassell, big arm leaving the game. You think, oh, this is bad for the for the Syracuse Mets. Not the case. Syracuse Mets bullpen combined for five and two-thirds scoreless innings of work as Durham really went down with a whimper as the Syracuse Mets now make it two consecutive wins against the Durham Bulls this week. And there was five home runs by the Syracuse Mets tonight, John. Danny Mendick, Mark Vientos, Luke Voigt, DJ Stewart, Michael Perez, and that makes 14 home runs for Mark Vientos right now in AAA. And when the Syracuse Mets hit five home runs, you probably expect one of them to be hit by Ronnie Mauricio. Not the case on Thursday night, but as he's done all season long, Ronnie showing the improved patience at the plate, drew a couple of walks in the win for the Syracuse Mets, who have now won seven of their last nine games. So the Rumble Ponies are hot. We'll get to them in a second. The Syracuse Mets are hot. Seven and two in their last nine. Lots of good stuff happening at both the lower levels and the higher levels now of the Mets player development system. Now you brought up the Rumble Ponies, so it's time to bring out the Pony Show, John. The Binghamton Rumble Ponies won 8-2 versus those Akron Rubber Ducks. Let's talk about the pitching. Dom Hamill struck out seven with just two runs allowed in six innings, and he struck out the side twice in that game. Yeah, Dom Hamill uh, almost overshadowed on this Thursday night when Tyler Stewart goes out, strikes out 11. Douglas Oriana has the performance that he had. Mike Vassell makes his second Syracuse Mets start at the AAA level. Dom Hamill, almost forgotten about but should not be forgotten about, exuded his dominance in two of those innings, like you said. Struck out the side twice, did Dom Hamill. And Hamill's been good of late. He's now gone at least six innings and allowed two runs or fewer in two of his last three starts. So Hamill continues to improve, continues to make batters miss on the other side, and we'll see what the what the plan is moving forward for Dom Hamill as we approach the midway point of the season. A few more performances to note from the Rumble Ponies on the offensive side of the ball as they beat Akron. Jose Peroza, Rowdy Jordan, each had three hits. Look, Binghamton overall as a team had a season-high 17 hits. They scored six of their eight runs with two outs. So not going down easily. As for Peroza, now sporting a 941 OPS in AA. And here's the stat that I really was excited to share. When I did some manual digging for these, usually sometimes there are some ways that you can navigate, maneuver a website, spits out just what you're looking for, but not this. I was thinking to myself that it feels like Jose Peroza. Each and every night we talk, we check the box scores, you watch the game. He's always in the middle of the offense for Binghamton. It's every single night. And my research kind of confirmed what I was thinking. Peroza has not gone more than three games without a hit all season. He's gone two games in another span just once, one other time. Other than that, it's no more than maybe he doesn't get a hit one night. The next four nights, he's getting a hit. Now reached safely in 13 games. Jose Peroza has been the beacon of consistency for this Binghamton Rumble Ponies lineup. That's outrageous to hear. I mean, he's put a whole nice little campaign together to possibly get to a futures game. I mean, I, I think everybody who watches minor league baseball is pretty excited to see who gets called to Seattle for that. Obviously, a bunch of players in the Mets system could be going. Um, it's just it's really an exciting time to be into Mets minor league baseball. Yeah, no, definitely a lot of worthy candidates, a lot of big performances being put forth by a number of minor leaguers. Let's move on to our fourth win in the Mets player development system tonight. The St. Lucie Mets won 2-1 versus the Jupiter Hammerheads. Douglas Oriana, six innings pitched, only gave up a run, three hits, a single walk, and he had seven strikeouts. 
Yeah, Oriana making it all happen on Thursday night. Induced 15 whiffs, had a whiff rate of 41% as he continues to pitch very well of late. Now has 38 strikeouts in his last 30 and two-thirds innings of work, piggybacking off the strong performance by Lionel Ovias on Wednesday night. And it's another future of Flushing Flash update, which means it's time to once again talk about how often Jet Williams got on base, was on base two more times, had a walk, had a hit on Thursday. OPS now up to 779 as a 19-year-old playing against much older competition in the Florida State League. Said it last night. We'll say it again. Fans have not truly embraced the excitement level that should be there for a player like Jet Williams. Jet Williams is so impressive. He oozed confidence when you and I spoke to him. He got off to a bit of a rough start, but even when he's not been hitting this season, he's still been finding out finding ways to get on base. And when you look at just the baseball reference page of Jet Williams, a 423 on base percentage, that doesn't it doesn't compute what he's doing right now, but he's doing it every single night. Mentioned this about Jose Peroza. We will see how aggressive the Mets plan to be and with Jet Williams and whether or not there is another challenge lying ahead for him before the end of 2023. I hope I'm seeing Jet Williams at some Cyclones games before the end of this year because I love going to my Clones games. Jet Williams would be an incredible draw for all Mets fans located in the tri-state area to get out to Maimonides Park and check out. Jet Williams is the total package, pop, speed, clearly great patience at the plate, just a good fielder, really, really a very special talent. But Vito, I got a question for you. I love when you have questions. It's probably my favorite part of the night. (laughs) I've got a question for you. We're having fun. We're rocking out here. Great night. So many big performances. You said hammerheads, though. And it got me thinking. Last week, I asked you for your Mount Rushmore of fruit. The conversation didn't get too far off the ground. Is this my Mount Rushmore of tools? Is this like how? No, it's of sharks. And I'm not sure how far this one's going to get off the ground. (laughs) I think the challenge here is can I name four types of sharks? I take you as the Shark Week guy, no? No, I I, I never got into Shark Week. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to name four types of sharks. All right, great white. Yes. Hammerhead, that's a gimme, basically. Yep, yep. I'm going to Google it. I, I know one you haven't said yet. I haven't said most sharks. I named two. I feel like there's a, quite a bit. Of I know a pretty, uh, pretty popular one. I have a member oh, yeah. from the audience screaming out stingrays, but I don't think that's a shark. That's that's uh, that that member needs to go back to marine biology. <laughs> that's not a shark. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a shark. That's a that's a stingray. It's a different, totally different species. But all right. Keep going. You, you got another one in you. Come on. I said great great white hammerhead, great white hammerhead. John, I look stupid. The listeners aren't going to respect me. No, 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 no. This is come on. Great white talking 1119. Yeah, great white hammerhead. What other sharks are there? Great white shark. The tiger shark is one of the most violent sharks there is. I recently learned that. What's a peaceful uh, shark? If that's the most violent, are there peaceful? A A lot of sharks don't eat humans. They bite, but they don't actually eat. Except the tiger shark. The tiger shark does. I feel like sea, sea conversation is really topical this week, so I think it's good that we're hitting the shark conversation. I'm just saying, I, you know, the Hammerheads have a pretty cool logo. I guess there's sharks in Florida. I mean, there's sharks in, on Long, in Long Island now. There's, uh, you know, especially once the water starts to warm up. So, look, I, you know, just tiger shark. 
great white shark. Yeah. Hammerhead shark. Yep. The bull shark. Bull the shark. Dude, I'm not. I, well, I'm just going to name animals and shark after it. Maybe. The, I don't know. Otter shark. Is that a shark? There's a, there's a lemon shark. So if you just started naming sour, is a lemon a fruit even? I don't even know if it actually classifies as a citrus. Fruit. Is a citrus a fruit? Well, an orange is a fruit. Orange is a fruit. Yeah. Lemon shark looks pretty cool. I wonder what the lemon sharks deal is. Holy cow. I just realized something. What? The shark popsicle is lemon flavored. Like from an ice cream truck? Yeah. Probably after the lemon shark. Whoa. Who knew? Who knew? John, what's your Look, what's your Mount Sharkmore? My Mount Sharkmore? It's the hammer. I mean, I'm just going to name the same four as you. See, last week, Vito didn't ask me back my Mount Rushmore fruits, and I was excited to share it and never got the chance. I was hoping this time you wouldn't ask me the question back because... How about this? How about this? I don't know. Don't say your... I, well, you asked me a question that I didn't even know the answers. I didn't even know the sharks. I was trying how something new. How about this? In replacement of your Mount Sharkmore, how about you give your Mount Fruitmore? So people who've been wondering what John's Mount Fruitmore are, they can oh, okay. know now. All right. I appreciate it. Well, I am not afraid of bananas. Um, bananas are a vital part of many things I eat. Did I admit they, that I was afraid of bananas last week? You did on this podcast into the microphone. Um, <laughs> you put them in your pancakes. You put them in your smoothies. I put them in my yogurt. You can eat them straight. There's probably some other different things. You could put them as an ice cream topping for people that are into that. Bananas are an elite fruit. Very versatile and delicious. So how can a banana not be? Watermelon. Seasonal thing. So it takes a bit of a deduction in points in my mind, but still. And I tried to walk you to water with this one, no pun intended. You told me the consistency is no good. There's nothing better than a little watermelon on a hot summer day. Just had one about an hour ago as you were traveling back from Brooklyn. Not a watermelon, some watermelon. Watermelons are there. Blueberries. Tiny. They kind of fill you up, but they don't. Super healthy. Antioxidants. When I, when I eat them, I feel like I'm doing something good for my body. They can vary, though. If they're too squishy, they're no good. But a blueberry is a very, very productive fruit. A lot of benefits. Would you call blueberry a standalone fruit? What do you mean by that? Like, do you think it's a fruit that could stand by itself? It's a standalone fruit. Um, I think it can be a standalone fruit. Is it better in a medley with other vegetables and fruits? Sure. But I do think that it can carry the, carry the mail to be uh, topical from last night's episode by itself. So now I owe you one more fruit. I'm going to throw you a wild card, one that I've uh, really gotten into in the last year or so, and that's wild mangoes. Card. What's this going to be? A oh, mango. Mango. It's mango. You it's said wild card. I thought you were going to say dragon fruit or something. No, no. I've never actually dabbled. Uh, mango is what I'm going to go with. If the mango is not ripe, it's not right for me. If the mango is ripe and it's juicy, the mango is... Mangoes are fantastic. Almost more refreshing than the watermelon on the hot summer day. That's why it's such a great business plan for people to be selling them when I'm sitting in traffic going absolutely nowhere. And guess what? I'm a sucker. I roll my window down every single time. You want to make, make a sale to me? Catch me in traffic. I'm buying your mango every time. So that's my Mount Fruit, my Mount Fruit more for now. There's some honorable mentions. We won't you get into You can't say them, Mount however. Fruitmore for now. It's a Mount Fruitmore is permanent. We don't swap out presidents on Mount Rushmore. Lincoln's not uh, for now president on Mount Rushmore. My Mount Fruitmore, it's fluid. We'll leave it at that. Let's recap what happened in the FCL and the DSL. And we'll say goodbye 
for the week. <laughs> the FCL Mets lost 15 to 8 to the FCL Nationals. DSL Orange lost 8-7 versus the DSL Rockies. And DSL Blue lost 5-4 versus the DSL Marlins. Any standouts you want to mention, John? Yeah, Anthony Baptiste went one for two. Drew a walk, had a couple RBIs for DSL Mets Orange on Thursday. Julio Zayas, another hit, was an extra base hit. Now hitting 341 this season, so Julio Zayas continues to swing the hot bat. And as for FCL Mets, Diego Mascara, another two-hit game for Mascara, now hitting 353 so far this season. Jeffrey De Los Santos, as he continues to rehab, picked up two hits for the FCL Mets. So some good offensive performances there. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, Blade Tidwell on the bump for the Cyclones on Friday night, once again against the Hudson Valley Renegades. Hopefully the rain stays away. Enjoy some grilling. Enjoy some baseball. It's going to be another big night all across the Mets player development system. Vito and I, we won't be with you on Saturday morning for a recap, but Vito, what will we have for the listeners on Saturday morning? We will be premiering our interview with Christian Scott from the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. This was a very fun interview, and I I recommend you go watch this one on YouTube because beautiful background, and we mentioned it. I mean, John thought it was a green screen. I still do, kind of. I think that uh, Christian's lying, honestly, and I don't know, but it was was too picturesque. I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving enough credit to Akron, Ohio. Maybe that's my problem. (laughs) Well, uh, check out that interview on Saturday. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to rate and subscribe. Tell your friends every morning. If you want to know about the minor leagues, listen to Future of Flushing and their beautiful Flash updates. We will see you all in the future. Eat your fruits, eat your vegetables, and enjoy some stock music. <laughs>